This week we're off to Costa Rica and the Central Valley. Pura Vida! My name is Steve Layton and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So this is the fourth year of working with this Wonderwall, Oasis Wonderwall, of a coffee. Uh, and we're finding out more about the farm every time. Um, we first cupped it in 2013 where had a tiny bit of information on the farm. Um, and actually the farm and the, the mill didn't have a real name. Um, they hadn't been selling to anybody. We were the first buyers and we kind of developed that with them. I've been lucky enough to visit the farm on my trip to Costa Rica over the past four years and every time I go I find out a little bit more information and every time I go the relationship gets a little bit stronger and he, Carlos gets to know a little bit more about us. Um, when I first cut this coffee I met Carlos in the export office um, of uh, the guys we work with there and it was about 10 minutes after I'd cut the coffee and I'd absolutely fell in love with it. It was just one of those coffees that sang to me off the table. I can remember the moment as I cooked it, um, and I just had to have it. Um, following this ensued the worst ever buying negotiation I think I've ever had. So I said to, said to him, how much do you want for this coffee? <clears throat> and he replies, well, how much do you like it? And I said, well, I like it a lot. He says, then I'd like a lot, please. Um, after that, Carlos kind of like was ushered away by some grown-ups um, and the grown-ups took over the negotiations for me at the exporters and made sure that I didn't give up my house, my car, my life savings, my pension plan. Um, but what we did agree was that we would reward Carlos with the, a far better price than he's ever got before um, and that we would work for the long term and agree a long-term payment structure. Um, as I said, back then, the coffee was just called Carlos Arrieta um, because that's all they'd got. And now we're kind of going forwards. We've got a mill name and we've got a farm name, which is fantastic. Um, a few years back, I got to spend some time with the family and we just kind of hung out for lunch and I asked them lots of questions. And that's where the thing where they said, well, we've decided to call it Arbar, which is the name of the mill um, and uh, very close to the house um, where they have the drying tables and the small nursery. Um, at that time, they didn't have a depulper, so we decided that what we should do is get them a depulper because they were taking it to a local co-op, which made no sense. So we uh, ended up, you guys bought them the depulper um, uh, that we see at our bar. And then I found out that actually the coffee that they're picking is not from the same regions. They have two different farms. So one was called El Oasis, um, which was the coffee we bought in 2013. And that is located in the Western Valley, near to the town of uh, Lordesden Naranjo, so near to uh, Licho that we bought for years. It's around about 1,600 metres above sea level. Contains mostly Katura, with a tiny, tiny bit of Bilisarchi, um, with plans to plant some more micro lots uh, in the coming years. And they produce between 700 and 1,400 kilos a year, so tiny, tiny farm. Um, Carlos runs the farm with his wife, Marie Isabella, uh, Jessica, his daughter, Karen, his daughter, and then Stephen, and then Jose Inacio. Um, and they've all worked on the farm together for 15 years, not processors of coffee since 2014. Before that, was just picking coffee and selling to the local co-op. Um, previously, he hadn't been able to present it to a buyer like me, 
because there weren't exporters helping him find his way to market. Um, whereas what Exclusive have done has been able to introduce us to him, manage the relationship and mean that we can go and see Carlos every year. So why don't we go and cup it? So here we are at the cupping table again, and I've prepared two bowls of the uh, El Oasis uh, from Costa Rica, so from the milk in Carabar. And let's dive in and taste. So the first thing about this is it's like, it reminds me so much of fruit juice. It's kind of like peach and pineapple juice all mixed in together with a little bit of orange. And I was like, well, which orange juice is it? And when I was at the cupping table the first time tasting this, I was really just thinking, Five Alive. I don't know if you've ever had Five Alive, but it's just like a tropical fruit juice. And it just reminds me so much in this coffee. Now, cupping is super easy. Don't forget we've got the, the cupping brew guide, which is on our brew guide site. And you can do this at home. All you need is a bowl and a spoon and a mouth, and you can do all of these things. And what cupping allows you to do is just to see more transparently what's in there. What I'm also getting is like the sweetness is like super complex, but also really delicious. It's that, again, that tropical fruit juice kind of sweetness. So there's not just one fruit sweetness in there. Very, very complex cup and one that I really, really enjoy. Oh, my beauties grow, grow. Hello, I'm Alejandro Layton, the coffee farmer, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Costa Rica. So the year 2000 saw a change in the way that coffee producers could process their coffee. Formerly, they'd relied on delivering their cherry to large mills who would mix the coffee into super big lots and then lose all of the provenance and history of the coffee. But the development of the micro mill led to producers taking control of the marketing of their own coffee and adding that provenance and introducing more traceability. And using innovative processing means that we have innovative cup profiles. So we're gonna talk about the varietal of this coffee and this is kind of like varietals in comfy corner, we've decided to name it. Um, Katura originates in Brazil, uh, not so popular there now, although you do find it occasionally. Um, this is a mutant from the popular Bourbon varietal. Uh, like Bourbon, it shares many of its negative aspects, so it's not very pest resistant. It can be very difficult to grow, but its big plus is its higher yield than Bourbon. Over 200 kilos per hectare bigger yield than Bourbon. Its other bonus is that it can be used in high density planting areas. As many as 10,000 plants per hectare, where normally it's around about 6,000, and as little as one metre apart, so you can really cram them in. Um, it's other big plus for people picking it is it's a dwarf varietal, so it's much easier to get there. You haven't got to be reaching up high. Uh, typical cup characteristics are low body, bright, with a very sweet profile. It has links to Bourbon, which it's a mutation of, and is also very similar to Villa Sarchi and Pacas. Loyal subjects, your king does decree. Go watch this brew guide and you shall make the best Chemex in the world. Hello, and welcome to another of our brew guides. This time, we're looking at updating the Chemex. 
Now you know I'm the king of Chemex, and I know all the best ways to get the best out of your brewer, but I've changed some of my thinking since we last spoke, so here's the updated one. Also, you can now get metal cone filters, so we're going to look at the changes here too. Now you're going to need some things. First of all, of course, a Chemex, some Chemex papers or your metal cone filter, a kettle, some coffee beans, some scales, a cup, of course a grinder, and a timer. Step 1. Fold your paper into a cone and place it in the Chemex. Alternately, add the metal filter. In both cases, wash the filter through with water. This heats the Chemex and removes the paper taste or expands the holes in your metal filter. Step 2. Weigh out your beans. I use 65 grams per litre. This time I'm brewing with a 6 cup, so I'm going to use 32.5 grams to 500 mils of water. And for the metal filter, use 70 grams per litre, so 35 grams to 500 mils of water. Step 3. Grind your beans. For the paper filter, grind somewhere between filter and cavity air, so it feels like coarse to fine sand between the fingers. For the metal filter, go a little coarser, more like cafetiere. Step 4. Empty out the water that's been heating your Chemex and add the coffee to the cone. Step 5. Place your Chemex on some scales to brew. Weighing water is much more accurate than by eye. For the paper filter, place around 125 grams of water at approximately 95 degrees C and wait for 30 seconds. Then add another 125 grams of water and wait one minute. Now add 125 grams of water, wait 30 seconds before adding the final 125 grams of water. For the metal filter, pour 100 grams of water every 30 seconds until all the water is added. You're aiming for the whole brew to be through in three to four minutes. Over three minutes is okay. But if it gets to four minutes, remove that filter, even if there's some water left. If the brew is too slow, coarsen that grind. And if it's too quick, fine it. Aim for three to four minutes. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this brew guide, and I hope you'll take a look at some of the others. And do remember, life is too short for bad coffee. One of my favourite brew guides. One of the few that we've updated as well, so uh, it's a big favourite. So let's get into the coffee. One that, you know, when I was talking to Roland about, I'm excited about tasting this. So, tropical fruit. I want you to think Five Alive. I want you to think it's peaches, it's pineapples, it's complex. It's got so much like depth to it. Uh, every time you come, there's a little bit more going on in there. And the Chemex is a great way of brewing it because I find the Chemex just like highlights all of those highly acidic, fruity flavours um, so, so well. Thank you for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this, uh, this episode and I hope you'll join us again. But do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.